How do we... Uh, well, how else are you going to get into a room, Mark? I don't... <laughs> Use the door. <laughs> Were they out of band names? Was the band name store sold out on this day? Definitely one of the most boring. The doors. The stupidest band names. The windows. <laughs> Why is there no windows? The countertops. What's your name? Lamps. The lamps. The lamps. Okay, I swear to God, this is not my notes. I just thought of this. You know what would be fucking hilarious to do? I would be amazed if this doesn't already exist, by the way. So if someone is already doing this, congratulations. I think you're a genius because I think I'm a genius too. But it would be fucking funny if someone took every Doors song, changed it to be about anal sex, and then played shows as (laughs) The Back Doors. The Back Doors. There you go. There's somebody's million-dollar idea right there. (laughs) This is one of those bands where when they come up, you're not even having a conversation with the person you're talking to. You're having a conversation with decades of whatever music writer bullshit that person has read and is currently regurgitating at you. Yeah, movies, things that they've seen. It's all passed down through the ages. This is what you're supposed to think about the doors. This is why you respect the doors. It's what you're supposed to think about music of the time in general. It makes how they got their band name pretty perfect. The doors is Jim Morrison quoting Aldous Huxley, quoting William Blake. Just deep into the circle jerk. Copy of a copy of a copy. Perfect. Any person older than 17 years old who's still listening to the doors You need to be in therapy. It's time to get it together. Yeah, I don't know of anybody that is, you know, apart from the poster, you know what I mean? Like the cultish thing. I don't know anybody that actually is like, oh, the doors. For real listening. Right, yes. Like just actively driving down the road listening to the doors. Is that a thing? Do people do that? I think so. Good God. I think they're still into the whole uh, counterculture, we're going to start a revolution thing, man. I would definitely think less of somebody. If they pulled up just blasting some random doors song, I'd be like, what? I don't, I don't, we can't be friends. It's not you against the system, man. (laughs) You are the fucking system. Grow up. Start pulling your weight. Chip in. (laughs) Get a job, you. You and your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or whatever, you're not these tragically romantic figures because you get fucked up together on the beach and say you're not afraid to die to each other. Like But we're just so deep. Soulmates. Oh my God. Yeah, totally. When the stars come crashing down for you and I. It's just so poetic, man. Anyway, forget what you read in the rock magazine. The doors suck. It's time to address the reality. (laughs) Speaking of magazines, do you remember recently, pretty recently, I think, when Kendall and Kylie Jenner got in trouble for taking images of legendary musicians, superimposing their own faces or their names or whatever over these designs that everyone has seen? I do remember, yes. And they put them on t-shirts and they got in trouble. Yes. They got sued by multiple bands. And the Doors were one of them because they used two different designs of the Doors. So I think it's pretty safe to say they're into this band hard. You think that the Kardashians are? Were they, are they Kardashians or Jenners? I don't know. I, whatever they are. So, But they use two versions. So you're saying that they like the Doors more than a like lot. some of the other artists. I would bet money that I could take a poem out of any Jenner or Kardashians high school diary, put it with three examples of Jim Morrison's poetry, and nobody would be able to tell the difference. We should do that. We are going to do that. Well, we need to get our hands on some of their poetry first. Uh, you know a guy? Well, no, but we can probably go through some of their like deeper social media posts where they're trying to be artsy or creative. It would be a miracle if one of those assholes hasn't put a poem that they wrote online. It has to have happened. Yeah. Yes. Their whole entire life is in the open. So We should try. We would need to do this in real life. We can't let it people on the internet do it because they'll just look up the right answer. Yeah, no, we're going to do this live. So the members of this band all met in film school and meditation classes and shit like that. 
Just like right now, imagine having a conversation with a 20-something-year-old film student who attends meditation classes. Yeah, what kind of bullshit are you just going to be spewing out of your mouth? Does it sound like a good conversation you want to have no, with someone? No, it sounds the exact opposite. That's this band. Yeah. Well, that makes sense if you think about what they became. It's a bunch of kids who had just had some shit explained to them for the first time ever and, you know, now feel like they've got a pretty solid understanding of the subject and uh, they're just going to go tell the whole world about it. Just going to write all these deep songs about deep things. The original band name is even worse than The Doors. Did you see that? No. The original band name was The Doors colon opened and closed. Oh, my God. They should have stuck with that. What the fuck does that mean? Who the fuck knows? Some deeper armchair philosophy student bullshit. The doors opened and closed. It's a metaphor for life, dude. You just don't get it. I definitely don't get it. This is the one time that I'm going to agree with everyone (laughs) and say you are correct. I definitely do not get it. That's because you're not 12. (laughs) Jim Morrison loved Nietzsche. Wow, deep. I love Nietzsche. Well, fuck you, dude. You probably have not read (laughs) Nietzsche. Whatever. I hope we all know Nietzsche is a very dangerous thinker for anyone who's quick to believe they have a solid understanding of something they do not have a solid understanding of. Yeah, if you're, you know, I don't know how I feel about something, don't go pick up a Nietzsche book. This is shit that the Third Reich literally took out of context. Yes. And spread to people to support what they were doing. You shouldn't fuck with this. If yeah, you no. Don't. We could do a whole entire podcast about why you should not. Probably shouldn't read Nietzsche unless you're, you know. 40? <laughs> yeah. 23? 25 year old tripping on acid that sounds like a nightmare uh-uh. and maybe this is how at one point we get to uh, jim morrison responding to a heckler by saying on stage into a microphone you know sometimes i wish this weren't a democracy because if it wasn't we could take this guy out somewhere and beat the shit out of him wow sounds like someone who read nietzsche when they were 20 and didn't quite understand what the fuck he was talking about uh, i don't think a lot of people are aware that jim morrison was a massive fan of frank sinatra it makes sense. You hear the inspiration. Yeah, I mean, I think you go back, listen to it, and you can tell that he's really trying to sound like a talentless windbag with whiskey dick. So, oh my God, somebody right now just crashed their car. I doubt it. If you thought that Jim Morrison wasn't a talentless windbag with whiskey dick. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying about Sinatra for a second. No, yeah, him too. <laughs> for sure. But okay, this is a band where it's not just one person controlling everything. A lot of the bands that we talk about, it's just one person and that's who we end up shitting on the whole time. We're probably going to end up shitting on Jim Morrison most of the time. But uh, Morrison's just the one that everyone focuses on. There were other guys in this band doing stuff. But honestly, this death cult around Morrison is just as much the fault of the guys in the band as it is anyone else. Because they've all written books and given interviews where they talk about Jim Morrison like he's Jesus Christ. Yeah, they kind of cash in on this whole thing. Just keep it going. Hardcore. Just a little bit. Which we'll, I guess, we'll, are we going to get into later, The uh, even after he was gone? Oh, yeah. Having other singers fill in. That's my favorite part of this band. Oof. I think that's when they got good. Oh, man. Well... I don't. I mean, I don't think we'll ever do an episode. I'm sure we will. First of all, no bands are off limits, truly. But, but you were going to say Smash Mouth. <laughs> but Smash Mouth is is at the bottom of the list right now. I don't know how we could ever do an episode on Smash Mouth. Yeah, it'd be really tough. It'd be really tough. 
You were going to say the cult. I, I was going to say the cult. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say the cult. Uh, we could definitely do an episode. We could cult. definitely do. I just, you I know. just don't think anyone would give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. And that's the whole episode. Burn. Maybe if they had a bass player, we could make fun of the bass player. I mean, I intend to make fun of the fact that they did not have a bass player. That's pretty stupid. Everyone talks about them not having a bass player. Like it's this interesting thing. And that's what made them sound so unique or whatever. And okay, maybe that would be valid if you are 68 years old and you were at a a fucking door show because if you're just listening to the albums they had a studio musician playing bass on all that shit so you're hearing bass guitar so shut the fuck up it doesn't even make sense they say that when they had one bass player come into practice with them it made them sound like this band and then another bass player made them sound like that band and they wanted to sound like themselves so they just didn't have a bass player that shows you how bad they were at what they were doing for real if your fucking bass player is the one that makes your whole band sound like an entirely different band yeah pack not, it in yeah it's weak <laughs> All right, so in this band, you've got the keyboardist Ray Manzarek, who is for sure the most annoying guy in this band. I didn't read a single word out of his mouth. You win. I don't know how you got through any sort of... Re- Actually, I do know how. You didn't do any research. No, I, I read something. I did. What'd you read? This, this website. I went to Lowe's and looked at some doors. I, you said the doors. I was like, you know. Mm. The reason why Ray is the most annoying guy, first of all, his name's fucking it's Ray. because he plays the organ? His name's Ray. He plays the organ. In and of himself, he is a pretty annoying person. But the really annoying thing is that he thought Jim Morrison was just a genius from the jump. Mm-hmm. Every word out of this guy's mouth was apparently manna from heaven to Ray Manzarek. You think they had maybe, like, were they actually, like, friends? The story is they met on a beach, and Jim Morrison read him some poetry or sang a song to him, and just, dude was, was just like, oh, here we go. We're best friends forever. Yeah. He started quoting some Nietzsche, <laughs> some sweet nihilism or some shit. I, see. I mean, this guy talks about Jim Morrison like it's going to fix the economy and world hunger and teach everyone how to use their turn signal. Then you got the drummer, John Densmore, who for some reason seems to think he's an actual musician. I don't know why. Mm. And Robbie Krieger, who is one of the most just competent enough guitar players in all of classic rock. Yeah, you know what's interesting is when we cover uh, certain bands, and I think this is one of them, I'm going to go ahead and say a majority, if not 99% of people, would not know anybody in the band besides Jim Morrison. Uh, I don't think anybody could name him. You're probably right. If I said, hey, name two members of Guns N' Roses, I bet you 50% or more people could name two members of Guns N' Roses. Yeah. I don't think anybody knows anybody in the band The Doors. Well, there's no one else that's getting put on posters by themselves, for sure. Like, Slash is on posters by himself. How many people thought that Val Kilmer was... Uh... I want to go on record right now and say Val Kilmer is one of the best actors in American history. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, no, I love Val Kilmer. That yeah. movie sucks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what are you going to say about him? No, I was just going to say, I wonder how <laughs> many people think Val Kilmer is Jim Morrison. I don't know what that even means. <laughs> I don't know. Well, then again, I don't know. There's so many people with the Doors posters, so I guess they would all know what he looks like in real life. Yeah, whatever. It's like College 101 poster, or at least when I was on it. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. When I, went to co- I didn't go to college, but when I went to colleges with my friends, one of the most common posters you could buy at Spencer's Gifts at the time. Here's the only reason this band got big, and it's just one word, controversy. That's it. They got a residency at the Whiskey A Go-Go in 1966, which is the definition of being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, you could do no wrong. Keep in mind, this is the same time period when the Grateful Dead is starting to get an audience in San Francisco because their sound guy makes all the LSD in California. Right. So we've already seen how even a bunch of completely incompetent musicians can get an audience just based on what's happening around them. I mean, that is one of the musical epicenters in the country at the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, and 
anybody who gets that is going to get attention, period. Any band. Yeah, and... I guess he's someone being like, dude, San Francisco and LA are different. Not to the rest of a fucking America. Yeah, they're different to people that live in California. To everywhere else in the country at this time, California was one big state where everyone was fucking each other. You didn't have to be in a monogamous relationship, crazy-ass drugs, find a way to survive without having to have a job. He's loving happiness, man. He's loving happiness. Morons showing up by the busload on a daily basis. Can you imagine living in California back then? Mm-mm. Oh, good God. Every day you wake up and you're like, where did all these fucking people come from? Oh, if you already lived yeah, there yeah, and yeah, then yeah. this happened, fuck that. You're a resident and all uh, of a sudden this becomes a thing and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Who are these pieces of shit? And then who pissed. was this asshole in this band acting like a total dickhead? He really was. He was known for being a dickhead. Oh, yeah. They get signed after a record label guy catches a show at the Whiskey, three nights later, Jim Morrison is on stage ranting about how he wants to fuck his own mother. The band gets fired from the Whiskey, and that's all anyone can talk about. Yeah, so it's like viral, edgy. This still happens today. It's just people use oh, yeah. social media to say crazy shit. Oh, look at me. Three days after they get fired, they start recording their first album. So recap real fast. They get signed. Three nights later, get fired from the club. Three nights later, begin recording their first album. Nobody starts recording their first album six fucking days after they sign a record deal. Yeah. This is cashing in on hype. Yeah, this is straight cashing in. Let's get these fuckers in the studio while everyone is talking about them. This is the first band, the first rock band that had a billboard. They took out a billboard over Sunset, I think, to promote their first album. Someone even told them they were stupid for doing it. Told the record company they were stupid for doing it. They said, "Uh, you can't hear a billboard. What are you assholes doing? We're about to get rich, dumbass. We're marketing the shit out of this pretty boy who causes all these problems that everyone can't shut up about. Yeah, it's in the newspaper every day, so we're going to go ahead and get free publicity and they cashed in on it made sense so the first single is break on through to the other side break on through break on through that's beautiful it's stuck in my head dude it doesn't even crack the hot 100 not even in the top 100 oh you're right because it was the light my fire that actually took Uh the first number one that they had is that the one thing you looked up yeah well no (laughs) yeah i i have notes copious amounts of notes yeah i just keep them in my head i can see that i'm an encyclopedia of information tyler For such a legendary band that made such great music, you would think their first single, which is one of their most well-known songs that everyone knows, you would think that that would be a hit, but... It it was not. It sure was not a hit. It became uh, one of their biggest songs later. Yeah, after all this other shit happened. All the hype. It just wasn't a hit at the time. Probably because the lyrics don't make any fucking sense, and the main point of the song seems to be that Jim Morrison has a girlfriend who does drugs with him. Wow. That's what the song is about. Very Nietzsche. She gets high. think about it. It's it's like very, very Nietzsche. (laughs) Uber Like, yeah. Just really gets that, like, you know, really deep philosophical. Maybe you just don't read enough Nietzsche to understand what he was trying to say. Yeah. Girls who do drugs. That's what Nietzsche was all about. He's just all about it. But yeah, if you like songs about this kind of shit, girls who do drugs with you, this is your favorite band. You love this band. They've got that shit on lock. That's also why your dad loves this band so much. Because he remembers doing drugs before you were born, and he remembers how cool it was when your mom wanted to fuck him sometimes. Ooh. Rest in peace, your dad's sex life, y'all. Oh, God. 
So I will say, I do think these two songs in particular, because these are the two songs that probably still to this day everyone just knows them for, mm-hmm. and maybe a couple others too, but these are the two main ones. I am convinced that nobody, people listening to this right now, when was the last time we actually listened to the Doors record beginning to end? Well, on purpose. Yeah, on purpose. Like I actually <laughs> sat down and said, I can't wait to listen to this album because I couldn't do it. Not a greatest hits. I tried really hard. It is brutal. It is really really bad i think outside of the singles like the songs that they're really known for i don't think they have fans i don't think if you're listening to this that you actually like the doors i think you just like a couple songs that the doors wrote that's the truth that does not make you a doors fan take the fucking poster down burn your door shirt because you're not a doors fan you just like a couple songs i don't know that it's really the songs i think if, if you just take those songs and make them be by a different band that didn't have everything else around it, there's no fucking way it becomes this. Remove the cult of personality. This all just goes away. I got a lot to say about Light My Fire, too. Just one last thing on Break On Through. If you've never heard good music before, this song is about eight-tenths of a ripoff of What I Say by Ray Charles. So Eight-tenths? It's almost verbatim. I mean, it's insane. I'm being nice. You are being nice. <laughs> Feeling good. It's, it's like a nine and a half. You sent me that to listen to, and I played it for my wife, and I was like, what song is this? And she was like, this sounds really familiar. I'm like, yeah, can you it's literally the exact same song as The Doors. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think she's listened to a lot of The Doors. God bless her. Back to what you were talking about, though, about the cult around Jim Morrison. It's really not their discography that people are so into. It's just a few songs that everyone knows. I would say that quote-unquote Doors fans are probably way more into a movie starring Val Kilmer than they are to any single actual Doors full-length album. It's the story. Which half of it is bullshit, by the way. The music is a good soundtrack to the story. It's not good music. It's a good soundtrack to that story, though. Yeah. It fits. I'll give him that. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like the drug-addled delusions of a fucking idiot. It's perfect. Here's the thing, though. Here's what I was going to say. It's hilarious that everyone thinks of Jim Morrison like he's some kind of psychedelic poet when all he ever did was write a bunch of vague shit about duality and tripping. It's just dumbed down philosophical (laughs) attempt at being a deeper... I wonder how much of it is conscious, though. I wonder how much of it is I'm reading this philosophy and I understand it, but I'm going to take it and dumb it down. Or if it's, I tried to read this, I'm pretty sure I got a grip on it. Yeah. But you definitely don't. Well, here's a deep word that they use in philosophy to describe this. It's called ego. Yeah. (laughs) It's all it is. It's just ego, period. I don't feel like I even need to really read lyrics for examples because we all know what we're talking about right now. We have all heard these songs. We don't really need to get into the lyrics themselves. Well, they're tough to get into. Because they're so dense and cerebral. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really challenging to me. I had to like, bust out a, like, a book and you know try to really understand it. Yeah. Is there a philosophy of the Doors book? I, I, oh, fuck I, yeah. I guarantee it. 100%. Yes. No question. Oof. Can't believe you even asked that. I know. I, yeah, <laughs> I didn't look that up before we sat down. Here's something I would love to know. I would love to know how many people have lyrics from Light My Fire tattooed on their bodies and little quote marks and then like hyphen Jim Morrison next to it. Uh, and the reason I would like to know that is because 90% of that fucking song was written by Robbie Krieger. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I guarantee you so many people oh just assume God. that Jim Morrison wrote everything. I'm 100% certain there are people with tattoos quoting Doors lyrics with Jim Morrison's name <laughs> right there. That's so crazy to think that, oh my God, I bet you this happens a lot. That's hilarious to think about. Oh, yeah. Somebody has words on their body right now, possibly listening to this podcast. You might want to check your fucking tattoos, Holmes. I really want someone to send us a picture of a door <laughs> of this exact thing. Oh, God. 
What a great thought. Uh, so, yeah, we mentioned Light My Fire is the one that becomes a hit. It's a number one hit single. So Jim Morrison spends the rest of his life trying to write songs like Robbie Krieger. Aspiring beyond his means is the nicest way I could think of to say it. Which, you know, in a weird way, I respect that, like trying to be better, but he just didn't get there. It's better than Interpol. We can refer back to Interpol in every episode and say, at least this is an Interpol where at least he fucking tried to do something. To do it better. At least he took a chance. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to appreciate that. But it is still terrible. And, right. and you don't yeah, have just, to Yeah, exactly. He didn't succeed. Uh, Robbie keeps writing hits, but I mean, for real, his lyrics also suck. The music is always bad. It's just circus music. That's fair. It does kind of sound like circus music. Oh, kind of? <laughs> all it is or it sounds like the intro to a goofy detective show or something like that here's how you make a Doors song you start with the circus music you're gonna want to slow that down change a few notes around boom you got a fucking Doors melody and sing like this over the song put Frank Sinatra singing over it there you go throw a bunch of LSD inside Frank Sinatra and see what happens that's pretty much what happens play it for a bunch of people on drugs you know yeah everyone's happy you don't even really have to write a bunch of verses and a good chorus either. All you have to do is write two, maybe three groups of lines and just repeat those over and over. Just go back and forth. Very repetitive. Never, never too much lead guitar and never too much keyboard. You can never get too much of those in there. Just cram the lead guitar in, cram the keyboard in, make sure they're both as terrible as they can be. The End is the other song that everyone always talks about on the first album. This is the one where he's, you know, running around on stage talking about killing his mom and fucking his dad. I said that backwards. I'm gonna leave it in there. I think this is a pretty great example of the fundamental flaw with this band. I found an interview where Jim Morrison is talking about The End. Quote, every time I hear that song, it means something else to me. I think it's sufficiently complex and universal in its imagery that it could be almost about anything you want it to be. End quote. So he's saying exactly what I just said. All the songs he writes are super vague, so everyone can read whatever depth they want to into them. It plays into why people like it so much, because they make their own story around it. Yeah. Everyone gets to apply whatever they want to it. Nirvana did the exact same thing. Just nonsensical lyrics, and everyone else applied their own meaning to the lyrics. That's a thing. That is a thing. (laughs) The night they recorded the song, Jim Morrison behaved like a complete lunatic in the recording session. It's a 12-minute song, first of all. And they only did two takes of it. According to John Densmore, the drummer, Morrison was tripping on acid, crying, and yelling in the studio about, does anyone understand me? Does anyone even understand what I'm talking about? With all this, you know, kill the father, fuck the mother bullshit. Oh, God, it would have been so cool if they had video of this. There happens to be a movie. Yeah, I know. No, I don't think this part's in the movie. No, why not? This is like one of the best stories. But also, it's like, no, dude, we do not understand you because you go out of your way to write nothing but nebulous nonsense in your lyrics. So don't write this vague bullshit and then take a bunch of drugs and get mad at everyone for not knowing what the fuck you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. He just said in that interview that every time he listens to the song, it means something different to him. He doesn't even fucking know what he's talking about. This just makes my head hurt. Even thinking about it is just giving me a headache. According to Mojo Magazine, Jim Morrison ends up throwing a fucking TV at the window, separating the control room from the live room. Awesome. (laughs) You like him now? (laughs) That's my favorite part. Check this out. Later that night, he breaks back into the studio and hoses everything down with a fire extinguisher. That's such a dick thing. Isn't that not cool? What a dick. You're fired. Because he broke on through to the other side? I would say he was definitely broken. He thought that it was on fire or something? For the rest of their career. 
career, he's constantly showing up wasted to concerts and recording sessions, which is even more of a dick move because that's forever. You're just documenting how much of a complete asshole you are. Your bandmates and other people rely on you. At what point does anyone say, this guy maybe needs some help? Yeah, hopefully. I, did they ever? I don't know. No, they just keep putting him on the stage because it's... It, it's entertaining, you know? And I mean, by this point, there is a profit in it. He's making money. Fuck it. Let's see what he does next. It's sick. Eating the monkey in the cage. They're just feeding him and feeding him and feeding him, saying, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? Ed Sullivan Show in 1967, they're supposed to do Light My Fire. They're supposed to change the line, girl, we couldn't get much higher because the sponsors don't want them singing about drugs on TV. Pretty standard stuff. Live TV. Yeah. The band says they will change the lyric. And then goes on TV and Morrison sings the drug lyric. He's an edgelord, dude. I would expect this guy in modern day and age to be a guy that vapes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. This is a guy where no matter what he was doing, he would give an interview and talk about how he's really found the right way to do things. And it's something that he's only been doing for two months. And if it's vaping, it's like, yeah, I just started vaping. I'm telling you, everyone who doesn't vape, they're stupid. Yeah. You've got to vape or else you're an idiot. Three months later, he's smoking cigarettes again. Yeah, you know, I found out about popcorn lungs, so back on the Marlboros. <laughs> I'm just smoking again. No, don't smoke, kids. Definitely don't smoke. Were you kidding? Don't be an idiot. Okay, so their second album, Strange Days, is widely regarded as terrible because it is. They barely wrote any new songs, so they just record the stuff that they hadn't put on their first album. You know, when you make your first album, we've got all these songs, let's record the best ones, we'll write some more. They don't write some more. So then they just record what they didn't record before and put it out. But people still buy it because the album cover is the one with all the circus people on it. And it's got that song People Are Strange on it. So everyone who still has to try to let you know how unique and strange they think they are buys this and pretends to like it. Nerds unite. All you edgy weirdos. In People Are Strange, there's this line, women seem wicked when you're unwanted which that sounds a lot like our favorite type of dude that we always end up talking about. Oh, oh my gosh. The fucking real nice guy. <laughs> the nice guy. Why don't good girls go for nice guys, Mark? I don't know, man. I have the same problem. Maybe women are just wicked. Women, <laughs> women are wicked. Because I'm unwanted. Two dudes that are just sitting in their basement complaining about women drinking beer. Guarantee you we just lost three subscribers. Three dudes who were into our podcast because yeah. they thought that we were all about just hating everything yeah. that people like, you know, like women. Got a little too much of the mirror put in front of their face just now. So they're like, I can't listen to this. All right, but anyways, album sucks. The album is bad. Have you listened to that one? I can't make it all the way through. No, who could? It's bad. It's really just bad. There's nothing redeeming about it. But the band keeps getting more famous every time Jim Morrison does something crazy and or gets arrested. Beating the beast. Here's the one time everyone makes such a big deal out of. Like, Jim Morrison is some kind of counterculture, anti-establishment hero because this happened. It's backstage at some arena show He's making out with a fan in a shower backstage, and this police officer who's hired to work security for the show comes in there, doesn't know who he is, and tells him to scram. You know, like, hey, right. you kids get, can't be get in out here. Of here. Get the right. fuck out of here. Right. Rather than choosing to simply say, oh, I'm the lead singer in the band that's playing here tonight, or make any other effort at normal communication, Jim Morrison tells the cop to eat it. Yeah, well... So the cop grabs his mace, says something like, okay, seriously, last chance, you guys got to get out of here. Morrison replies to the cop because, again, he's unable to not act like a total cunt for two seconds, tells this cop, last chance to eat it, 
No way. So he gets maced. Of course yeah. he gets maced. Yeah, yeah, of course. Hey, man, if you're if a cop tells you to do something, you don't do it because you're Billy Badass. Well, I mean, not just like anything, but go somewhere else. Yeah, and you don't want to either A, explain yourself. Let him know why you're supposed right, to be there. Explain yourself or B, leave. Those are kind of your options. You're just if asking you, you, to get maced. You're asking to get maced. And in 2018, you're probably asking for worse. Oh, fuck yeah. He's probably lucky he got maced. So, of course, that delays the show, and when they finally do play the show, he gets on stage, tells the entire crowd, who, by the way, this is a super sold-out show, uh, way beyond capacity, just Fire Marshal probably got paid this day, and uh, he gets on stage, tells the crowd about it, cusses out the local police, and gets himself arrested for trying to, you know, incite a riot, essentially. Boom. Martyr. Instant counterculture martyr. Front page, news, headlines. They sell more records. That's basically what this is. I'm so glad he got maced, though. Yeah. He deserved to get maced. Yeah, for sure he deserved to get maced. What a stupid thing. I will say, at least in this day and age, you got to do way worse than that. Like, nowadays, if you get arrested, nobody gives a shit. Depends on what it's for. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe. Not, not like, it's way harder to be an edgelord now, I think. It's all been done, man. Yeah, that's what I mean. Getting arrested is not that edgy. If he did some shit like this today... All the details would come out immediately, as opposed to just people, you know, finding out that Jim Morrison got arrested, knowing everything they know about him already, and assuming that he must have done something cool, or assumed that 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 pig, you know, that fucking pig, must have deserved Jim Morrison to really stick it to the man, you know. The whole thing would have been live streamed today. Yeah, it would well, have been like Snapchat. The details or would have been out within twelve hours, and everyone would have been like, "Oh, turns out Jim Morrison's an asshole." I think it would have been the details would have been out in twelve minutes. You're probably right. Uh, have you guys seen the video yet? It's already <laughs> it's already going around the internet. He's a dick. Dude, okay, so there are all these pictures of Jim Morrison where he just looks all pretty and everything. Could you imagine if there was just one picture of him where his face is all red and swollen and he's crying because he just got maced? Oh God, that'd be great. Is there, <laughs> uh, is there no picture of that? No, Unless somebody missed out. I assume not. God, I, I, I've got to think this I would have seen it, right? This is a picture of Jim Morrison after being maced by a police officer. We would have seen that picture if it I exists. would think so, yeah. Um, third album, they managed to get another number one song in Hello, I Love You, which is a crap song. But uh, in order to do that, they had to rip off All Day and All of the Night by The Kinks. Uh, we've said it before and we'll say it again, kids. No matter who your favorite band is, the kinks are better. I was just going to say, just listen to the kinks. How many times in this podcast are we going to talk about the kinks? I would talk about them every episode if it makes sense. It does for a lot of the rock bands that we do. Pretty much anything in the 60s and 70s. Just listen to the fucking kinks instead. Yeah, they did it better. Dave Davies is still pissed off about this, by the way. Uh, anyways, by the time they're making the fourth album, Jim Morrison wants to quit the band because he feels like he's going to have a nervous breakdown. Too many drugs. Honestly, he probably is about to have a nervous breakdown. He let himself go so hard that the record label is actually taking old pictures of him and editing them into current shots of the rest of the band because they can't stand the thought of putting Jim Morrison's bloated, shitty, bearded figure in promo material. They didn't want to ruin the uh, standard uh, Jim Morrison uh, vibe. He looks like a homeless person. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been going on stage and yelling at their fans that they're all a bunch of fucking idiots. Just, you know, things like that. And yet people keep going back. Coming back for it. It's part of the, I think that's part of the thing, though, right? Is like the uh, philosophical guy that just is fighting his inner demons through his music. And so when he fights his demons by calling his fans a bunch of pieces of shit, they're like, it's cool, dude. You're just fighting those demons. No, I think he probably just thought you were a piece of shit. He just thought you sucked. I think the guy clearly had issues. I think he's, o I think he's always had issues. I think he had issues from the beginning, and it's just too good of a show. 
Everyone around him is making enough money by this point, even though they're just making really bad albums that are usually getting very bad reviews when they come out. They're still making money. And no no one's going to walk away. What the fuck are the rest of these guys going to do? Nothing. We know exactly what happens after Jim Morrison dies, and they know that that's what would happen. They need this dude. Well, Jim wants to quit the band, and Ray Manzarek talks him into at least finishing this album, The Soft Parade, which is one of the worst albums they made. Which is really saying something. The biggest hit, again, is written by Robbie Krieger, not Jim Morrison. The song Touch Me is the biggest hit on the album. Next album, Morrison Hotel. Everyone acts like, holy shit, this band is back. What a badass album. You know, when it comes out, everyone's like, shit, we're back, baby. Except this is the album with fucking Roadhouse Blues on it. I hate that song. You really don't like that song. Are you familiar with the song? Of course I'm familiar with the song. Of course you're familiar with the song. (laughs) Why are you familiar with the song, Mark? (laughs) Have you ever heard a song subject to more awful covers than this song yeah it's one of those songs i guess it's so easy to play any idiot can play this song on guitar it's one of the first five songs you learn to play on guitar and it's just uh. is that why you don't like it is because it's so simple or is it you just think it's a bad song all all of it all yes. around yeah first of all Blues. I disagree with the word blues in the title. It's clearly an attempt to try to bite blues music, but I mean, these guys are major label recording artists. They need to do a lot better than this if they're going to be coming out with something blues. You know, it can't be this fucking guitar riff. It's horrendous. This is not the one. The lead guitar is so, so bad. Robbie Krieger, I think Robbie Krieger might still be alive, so sorry, dude. You think you hurt his feelings just now? I have had to listen to so many guitar players who I know Robbie Krieger is their favorite guitar player just fucking noodle their way (laughs) through sets. Opening bands just noodling their way through a set. Fuck it, dude. I don't care. Yeah, there you go. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we could spend the rest of the episode talking about how terrible this one song is, but we probably shouldn't do that. We'll just move on. It's a shit song. It is. The band's final show takes place on the tour for this album because Morrison is still just spazzing the complete fuck out all over the place. It finally gets bad enough that everyone in the band agrees, okay, we at least have to stop touring. We've at least got to stop putting this guy on stage in front of crowds of people because that's what's making the bad stuff happen. He's losing his shit. Yeah, punching a microphone through the stage floor, just, you know, beating his hands bloody, I'm sure. It's not good. Not healthy behavior for someone that is in a band touring. And if you're a band, even if you are trying to be edgy like the Doors were, you don't want to see that. That's not that's not something you want to see. I hate that a lot of their fan base is like, yeah, man, it was real. That's why. And it's like, no, that's not why. That's why fuck you. That's why fuck everyone who allowed this to keep happening. Yeah, they should have stopped it a long time it's, before it did. It's ugly. Yeah. Well, they're still making albums. They make L.A. Woman, which is another one people talk about like it's so great. It's just that it's really not, though. Uh, The song Love Her Madly is such a bad and stupid song that their longtime producer quits. (laughs) Because of how bad it is? Because of how bad this song is. He quits. Wow. I got a quote. I love this quote. Mad respect. Uh, Quote, look, I think it sucks. I don't think the world wants to hear it. It's the first time I've ever been bored in a recording studio in my life. I want to go to sleep. End quote. That's a, that is, that's a brutal thing. And also not something you hear producers say very often. Not like that. Even if they don't like the thing they're working on, they don't talk like that. It's mad shit talk. Yes, that's that's aggressive. The only other two songs on this album anyone cares about are the title track, L.A. Woman, and Riders on the Storm. Again, this is one of those things where I think people just like a couple songs and they think, oh, I like The Doors. No, you don't. You like a couple songs. Mm-hmm. Liking a couple songs by The Doors doesn't make you a Doors fan. L.A. Woman is not a good song. It's extremely overrated. Riders on the Storm 
performance is just a bunch of sound effects. It sounds like rain and then like little tinkly piano line. It's a boring song, I think. Yeah, I'm just I'm listening to it in my head right now. Which brings us to the only reason anyone still cares enough for us to be talking about this band in the first place, which is the fact that Jim Morrison is a member of the 27 Club. Which automatically lunges you further into fame. Oh, it's called the 27 Club. Those yeah. fuckers get well, t-shirts. They get their own shirts. <laughs> yeah. After finishing the album Ellie Woman, Jim Morrison goes to Paris with his girlfriend and dies in a bathtub or in the stall of a nightclub bathroom, depending on who you ask. Are there two different stories? I didn't know there were two different stories. I mean, it just depends on... This is what always happens, man. Someone wants to write a book to say, well, that's not how I remember it. And then they come out with their version of it. Regardless of how he actually died, this is the basic formula. Get famous, have a lot of good pictures taken of yourself, die young, you too can live forever on college dorm room posters. And you'll be remembered as this dreamy dreamboat guy. We could do an entire episode on how many horrible lead singers have cited Jim Morrison as an influence. He's one of the most influential lead singers of bad lead singers. What in what way would he be uh, influential? Like what would it, like they say he's the way that he sings, the way that he moves, like his shitty behavior, his love for Nietzsche. The fact that these people were thirteen years old when they found out about the Doors is what influence. It's not that he did anything uh, special. It's that they think of him as special because they were thirteen or fourteen and fifteen year old yeah. boys at one time. Fortunately for many of these guys who have cited Jim Morrison as an influence, they got to sing for the Doors over the years in various Uh, reunion tours and tribute uh, albums and shit like that. I Uh, forgot about this. The guy from Days of the New, Perry Farrell, Scott Stapp, uh, your homie from The Cult, and the guy from Smash Mouth. Ultimate guy. Have all gotten to sing in various incarnations of the Doors or with Doors band members on tribute albums or whatever. So if Jim Morrison is such a unique and irreplaceable guy. What's up, everyone? Here's the guy from Smash Mouth to take his place. (laughs) If the lead singer of your band could easily be replaced by the singer of Smash Mouth and people would be okay with it. Yeah, we got a problem here. We got a problem here. (laughs) Man, I hope you guys take a few seconds and search videos or uh, audio clips of the singer of Smash Mouth singing your favorite Doors songs. Just really drive home how fucking bad those songs are. <laughs> like it'll, it'll really show you. Yeah, you need because the that. songs will not stand up on their own. I think a good a sign of a great song is when somebody else sings it or oh, covers it. Yeah, and you're like, oh shit, this song is good. And I have definitely never heard a cover of any of the Doors songs that were was good. Well, that's what I like so much about music from you know like the 40s and 50s is everyone was doing the same song they were like if a song came out and it was a hit everyone would record their own version of it so you really got to hear what everyone was bringing to the table it wasn't like oh i wrote it i'm the only one who could do it this way no you had it's like a control in a science experiment i'm a scientist everyone's doing the same fucking song and uh, anyways one of the great things about dead rock stars especially dead rock stars with a bad habit of doing stupid shit and getting themselves arrested or not taking care of themselves and growing a disgusting beard all those things once that rock star is dead you don't have to worry about anything they're gonna do anymore they can't do anything stupid to fuck up whatever marketing plan you have ready to roll it out you don't need their permission you can you can release whatever unreleased material they weren't done with you can publish whatever meandering concepts they happen to scribble down on a piece of paper put their picture on everything with a price tag this is one of those times where i wish i believed in the afterlife so that i could just imagine 
uh, Jim Morrison in heaven looking down, just screaming like, fuck you! <laughs> fuck this! Fuck you for doing that! They're just so angry all the time, just about every bullshit thing they've ever done with his picture, with his name. And to make it work, you've got to never stop giving interviews where you call the dead guy a genius because that cycle of fan worship just keeps those residuals coming in. He's always going to be a genius. Every time you ask one of these assholes, they're just going to tell you, yeah, he was a genius. He oh, was great. Oh, yeah, man, he was a genius. You didn't know? Yeah. Uh, when's that check coming? Yeah. <laughs> if your favorite band is The Doors. Your favorite band sucks. You're welcome for listening to your favorite band Socks. This is the end of this episode, but it's not the end of this podcast, as much as your dad would like it to be. We're going to be doing this for a long time, so you'd better get used to it. And you'd better get to talking about it with all your friends, because it's so important to have an opinion on everything these days. And the best way to figure out what you think is to get into an argument about it. So whether you agree or disagree, send this episode to someone you know or everyone you know and see what happens. Disclaimer, we are not responsible for any friends you may lose in the process. All right, the podcast returns next week, but I've been feeling a little too nihilistic to decide who it's going to be about, so you'll just have to wait and see.